Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, I'm Jess. And I'm Andrew. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. And today we're joined by a wonderful special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Christy Esterly, and I'm best known as Diva in Musical Hell. Wonderful show. Please check it out. There's no reason that you're here that you wouldn't have already known about this. But if you haven't, what are you doing with your life? Please watch her. (laughs) She is amazing. And today we are covering something a little bit out of left field. Maybe not so much because of the month, but just because of the content. Um, But we are covering... um, Sheldon Harnick and Jerry Box, She Loves Me. She loves me, and to my amazement, I love it, knowing that she loves me. She loves me, true she doesn't show it. How could she, when she doesn't know it? Well, it is kind of a holiday thing. It does um, climax around Christmas, so it works. It fits, it fits. There's a Christmas song in it. I mean, it it works perfectly, I think. (laughs) Yes, there is. All right. So She Loves Me is a musical written by with a book by Joe Masteroff, lyrics by Sheldon Harnick and music by Jerry Bach, adapted from the 1937 play Parfumery by Miklos Laszlo. The plot revolves around the Budapest shop employees, Georg Norwak, Amalia Balish, who despite... Georg. Georg, shit! (laughs) (laughs) It's the Baber Say's first name in the show once or like... twice. I remember it very well. It's also the way you pronounce okay. um, the main character in The Sound of Music. Um, Christopher yes, Plummer's character in The Sound of Music. Yes. All right, Jess, try that again. Anyway. <laughs> now I'm keeping the mistake. <laughs> Who, despite being consistently okay. at odds with each other at work, are unaware of each other as each other's secret pen pals through a Lonely Hearts Club. The musical premiered on Broadway in 1963 and subsequently had productions in the West End at, in 1964 and award-winning revivals on each side of the Atlantic in the 1990s, as well as the regional productions. She Loves, Me was Revi- she Loves Me was revived again in Broadway in 2016, and the production became the first Broadway show ever to be live-streamed, which is really incredible. So, just in general, what did we all think about She Loves Me? It's um, it's something I actually had to warm up to. Uh, this is a musical that really depends on um, the, the people in it, the actors to make it work, because it is, you know, kind of I don't know if silly is the word for it, but it is kind of a broad um, story. I would call it cheesy. I think cheesy is actually the right <laughs> word for this. This it, that might actually be a right word. Uh, by the way, if this um, plot is sounding familiar to anybody out there, um, this is hardly the first version of Parfumery ever to be done. Uh, there was the movie The Shop Around the Corner, uh, the 90s uh, Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks film, You've Got Mail. So it's been done a lot of times. And it's effective and it's ageless. Like even today with catfishing, it feels even more effective. Exactly. That's one of the reasons why they did it in the U90s, in the 90s, because it was basically the early Internet era um, version of this story. 
instead of pen pals, you know, they're writing emails to one another. Nowadays, they would be texting or, you know, on Tinder or something. And it's lucky because a lot of the shows from like the mid 20th century really don't age well because the story doesn't quite hold up to like the Internet standards of things like, why don't they just do this? Why don't they just do that? But we have still similar stories that are used on like reality television that are quite similar to Amalia and Georg. I feel like this is like a it's almost just a basic romantic comedy plot. Pretty much. It's it's a little cliche, but it might be one of the first to do it. So I'm not sure on that. It is. It's kind of the whole basic. Um, there are these two people, um, you know, they kind of well, they think they don't like each. They don't like each other, but they do like each other. But there's this complication and the complication, you know, tends to go on for a bit longer than anybody would have any right to do. And but it works. And it really works depending on the performances. And I'm very I think we're all very blessed to have had the Zachary Levi, Laura Benanti production be the one that is now safe for the history books, because they both really bring the charm and the enthusiasm to that production that I don't think quite like Judy Kuhn and any of the people like Barbara Cook were able to bring. Absolutely. I have to say this because the first time I saw this, it was in a regional production and the people who are playing Amalia and Georg just were not clicking at all. And the guy playing Georg in particular was um, being uh, okay. I've got to explain. There's this point in the musical where um, Georg figures out Amalia is his secret pen pal, but she doesn't know that it's him. And so, you know, there are these scenes where he's kind of, it feels like he's kind of yanking her chain almost because he's on the, on a secret and she isn't. And when I first saw it, it was just so mean spirited the way he did it. And I was thinking like, why would she want to be with you after this? But watching uh, Laura Benanti and Zachary Levi do it, it was like, I got it because, you know, he was just so weirded out by this situation that he didn't know how to handle it. And he was just going about it all the wrong way. And it was actually kind of charming in a way. And that made it work for me. And I had a similar experience to you where the first version I saw of it was the 1978 BBC film that they made where no one could really sing well and it was shot on a potato. But very much a similar situation to you where I just felt like he is manipulating her so he can get his own way. And there was no romance to it. And then I saw Zachary Levi completely reinterpret it. And I'm like, oh, I see why she might be into you now. Exactly. I think the version I saw was the live stream version, I'm assuming. I thought I thought all the performances were actually really good in that, so I'm, I'm glad that that... It if is, this is a so fantastic heavily, cast. If it's so heavily based on the performances, I'm glad that this is the one I got to see. <laughs> I think you were very lucky in the seeing both the production design. I think the production design of the 2016 revival was one of its best aesthetics. Like, it looks like a dollhouse. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that, that was actually really neat. I would call it more like a jewel box. It's like this little elegant, you know, shop and then it opens up and you see all this beautiful um, perfumes and cosmetics and gilded staircases. And it's it's very beautiful. All right. Before we get too much into the specifics, do we want to go into like the overall plot of She Loves Me? I think we all uh, basically covered the main part. I think we do need to talk about a lot of the subplots because there are some significant ones going on here and they're actually um, pretty well developed for a romantic comedy. I mean, it's not just there to be funny. Um, there's actually some really good moments for the secondary characters. All right, Diva, you go into that real quick. Like I, I ex elaborate on them. OK, um, so uh, the main one is that uh, concerns Ilona, who is a girl who works at the shop with Amalia and Georg, and she is dating um, Stephen. I am going to totally mispronounce his last name. I think it's like Koday. Kodai. Is that right? Kodai. It's it's like spelled Kodali, but it's spelled it's pronounced Kodai. 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 Yeah. Um, and she's had this on and off again relationship with him, and he's just this total asshole womanizer jerk who you know is she is too good for and hasn't quite figured that out yet and she's got this whole process where she's kind of on and off again with him and eventually figures out that he's no good for her and she you know has this solo a trip to the library where she talks about going to the library and meeting with uh paul who you know is you know opens up her love of literature and becomes a much better um 
partner for her. That was kind of an interesting one, and it does kind of tie into the other subplots as well. Is would you say that Kodai is the villain? Because I think I was I was talking with Jess when I was first watching this, and I, I was mentioning that he is about as close to the antagonist as this. Um, play has um because well it's you know he has this thing with alona but um there's also this bit with uh mr marichek if you want to get into that uh because that kind of ties in there as well yeah basically that ties directly and so so marichek is uh well at first you just he just kind of comes out and he's just kind of being a dick to everybody uh or or uh how's his name pronounced it's not george it's it's Georg. Georg, yes. Uh, specifically him. And then later you find out that it's because he thought that his wife was cheating on him with uh, Georg. But it actually turns out to be uh, Kodai. Um, and basically right before the uh, intermission, there's a... You think he committed suicide. Uh, which <laughs> he I, does I try to is... kill himself. It's actually a pretty dark moment for what's a light, light romantic comedy. And it leaves you hanging for so long. <laughs> yeah, it's really dark. And then they go into like a comedic section for like four songs or something like that. And it's like, uh, <laughs> didn't the, he just try to kill himself? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's a little it's it's a little tonally awkward, I'd say. But I mean. Leaves you wanting to see what happens in Act 2 really badly. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And um, there's a neat little follow-up after that where um, the delivery boy, Arpad, is visiting him in the hospital after while he's recovering from the suicide attempt. And Arpad basically sells himself as the next salesman um, for Marichek's um, store. And they kind of build this... I don't know if friendship is the right word, but it's a really nice relationship moment between them. It is, but it's also like time and a place, Arpad. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, didn't Arpad see this happen? Uh, like, I feel like he'd be a little more traumatized than he is. <laughs> He's also so willing to like cover the whole thing up for him. It's it's I don't know. It seems it just seems like it's awkwardly handled. It's also funny. It's like if you are going to have a suicide subplot in a romantic comedy, that's the way you handle it. Yeah, I guess <laughs> just try not to mention it as much as possible. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, this happened, but eh, whatever. Sidestep that under the carpet. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's all smiles immediately after. It's like, dude, uh, <laughs> is no one going to check to make sure he doesn't like try this again? exactly well i don't think the villain of this is really kodai as much as it is dramatic irony yeah well that and amalia and georg just being completely bullheaded about each other um you know well into the second act there's this one scene where um amalia is sick and georg comes to visit her and she's like oh no 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 you're trying to get me into trouble a job i'm perfectly fine i just need to get up and she's just all loopy and feverish and ridiculous and he has to basically force her back into bed and i don't know i f- i actually felt the relationship between georg and amalia like that hate turned love because that's very similar to the very long time relationship i have with my girlfriend where we just dis- each other at first and then it grew into something more as we learn more about each other so i <laughs> yeah it felt real to me at least in the lara Benanti and zachary levi production absolutely and it is uh you know a very classic trope obviously you know we're talking beatrice and benedict elizabeth and mr darcy this goes way way back um so it can be done very well but it's also very very easy to do terribly and i think it relies entirely on performance I think so, too. Now, why did why did Georg not tell her who he was for so long? (laughs) Like he knows for a very long period of time and he just does not tell her. Well, I think that goes back to the power dynamics of the mid 20th century. It's like, can't let her have the power. I've got this power. Use it to my advantage. Yeah, there's a bit of that, but also um, Zachary Levi's interpretation of the character. I got the impression that. He didn't know. Yeah, again, he didn't know how to handle this. And he had this impression that if he told her um, it was just going to completely destroy their relationship and he wasn't sure he wanted that to happen. It just seemed like a bit of cowardice where it it seemed obvious that she probably would have responded positively to it since she was 
kind of turning around to him anyways. Well, he doesn't know that. So. She doesn't show that immediately to him while in his presence. It's only when he leaves and she sings vanilla ice cream that it's like obvious. Right. Eh, I mean, even later in the show, though, it takes him. It takes a lot of uh, coercion to get him to actually finally spill the beans. On well, it. then you've been lying for months. You can't just like <laughs> can't just. Yeah, pull I, I almost feel like <laughs> it's that just happened at that point. I feel like at that point it would have been almost more negative than if he just come right out with it because it's like, why didn't you just tell me you've known this whole time? <laughs> I wonder how that <laughs> date know? would have gone if he had been honest, like, and just showed up. It would have been very short, I think. <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to talk about the song specifically? Because this is from the same songwriters as Fiddler on the Roof. Absolutely. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes, it is. Hmm, I actually didn't know that. So we had just done Fiddler on the Roof. We just too. did Fiddler on the Roof two weeks ago. <laughs> Good morning. Good day. How are you this beautiful day? Isn't this a beautiful morning? Very Hey, Sipos, how's this? That's an awfully elegant pose. But is all that elegance necessary? And why? Good morning, good day, which is the opening number. Introduces all the characters, but it feels a little too on the nose to me. I feel like it's not even really that great of an introduction to the characters either. Because, like, you don't really get a sense of who any of the characters are, just that they all work at this one place and they think it's a nice day. Yeah, it's, um, you know, on most memorable opening numbers, I wouldn't put it in my you know top five or top ten, but it's nice. I just feel like Andrew texted me in the middle of it saying, like, everyone just seems too nice. I feel suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, like even the the mustache twirler guy who's like a total sleazeball, like he's just saying, like, oh, it's a beautiful day. We should all go have a picnic. <laughs> it's like, OK, I'm <laughs> Sure, I'm down. Let's go have a picnic. Like, I wouldn't know who the important character is if the audience wasn't cheering for them. Well, yeah, because he's not even the first one to come out. It's the the other guy that comes out. Uh, the the hev the heavier one. Sipos, yeah. Sipos, okay. He might be my favorite character, but, you know. It's hard to hate the, like, best friend character in any romantic comedy. I just like that he's got this perspective where nothing really matters. Just don't lose your job. <laughs> which is a, a later song but that's he's extremely pragmatic yes <laughs> so all the characters work together at this perfumery where they sell shampoos and perfumes and all this stuff which is very interesting setting altogether which i like just because it's cool and you don't often see it and it's metrosexual and i like that too and then amalia comes in and basically wows them all by being able to sell an object that they thought they could never sell by thinking outside of the box. So she wins us over immediately. If you want to clip your earlobes, you may want to dye your hangnails, dab a little on your husband's face. Won't he be surprised? I can talk personal for a sec. I work in sales and I liked all the songs about sales. I thought it was fun. And I liked the uh, the jerk customers that they had come in, uh, which are just it's all real. It's all real. Yeah, I I, act, I really like uh, Sounds While Selling, which is the second song where um, it's basically, you know, an average day at the shop and you have all these customers and you're just getting little snippets of the conversation and they flip through. Um, so they I can't, I can't I'm spacing on like any specific lyrics, but it, you know, comes off completely ridiculous. It's like I need some cream for my ears or something like that. Yeah. I need a brush to something with my chin or <laughs> I don't remember. Yes. And if you put all these like specific like requests, like I need a cream for my chin and I need a brush for my nose and it's like I need a cream for my nose and a brush for my chin. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really clever song. And I also like I also like the little um, thank you, madam, that they do every time somebody leaves. And I like the fact that they, you know, basically just break off whatever they're doing just to do this one number at the door of the shop while the customer leaves. And then they go right back to bickering or, you know, whatever they're doing. Imagine working at Panera and having to do that every time anyone exited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining like I go into my job and, and suddenly this is a thing. Everyone has to go to the front and sing. Oh, man. <laughs> That would be a nightmare. They do not pay me enough for this. <laughs> I feel bad enough for the people who have to sing happy birthday songs to the to the customers oh, in man. restaurants. No, that's so bad. I, I 
every time they come out, I'm like, oh, just why do they have to do that? And nobody even wants them to do that either. <laughs> the people they at the don't want to do that. I mean, have you ever seen them? They're just like, absolutely. Yay. It's your birthday. Yay. I am not being paid enough for this. I have to do this or I won't get a tip. <laughs> I have so much shit to do back in the kitchen, but I'm out here. Here I am singing the song. Young, strong. Oh, I was something in days gone by. With some girl who just happened to catch my eye. Now, what do we all think about Days Gone By? Which is Marichek's one and only song, really. I love that song. I mean, it's, you know beautiful and nostalgic and i think it uh fleshes out the character very well now was this song supposed to take place before he learned about the uh like before he got that anonymous letter yes like it wasn't really clear how many days it had been when he started just coming in and he's suddenly just hates novak rude (laughs) a rude dude but uh i do like the song it's a little waltzy. I yeah, like but it that. feels out of nowhere. I feel like it needs more of an introduction. It's like suddenly they're from dialogue to like sung. And I feel like you need like that little like cadence beforehand to lead them into it. I think with this type of show, you could just kind of have a song just for fun just because it's such a lighthearted show. How clever do we think Amalia's little trick to like turn the cigar box into a candy box? That would not work with a real customer. <laughs> no, she's obviously talking out of her ass, but you have to give her credit for trying. A, ca- a candy box? Who's going to buy a candy box with music? It's absurd. Fat people, apparently. Oh, yeah. And she's yeah. just she's coming at it like, I'm fat, too. You got to understand. It's like, come on, get out of here. Yeah. And depending on how good the music is, I don't know how good it would be at deterring someone to eat candy. It's like, oh, oh, that's nice. I'm going to have another piece. Yeah, it's like in uh, in Zelda, you open up the box and there's a little jingle like, hey, you got some video game reference. I don't know why I made that. OK. Uh- <laughs> have you set your calendar for Tuesday when we bring this chapter to a close? When I meet my lady of the letters, hope what's time? I really think the three letter song is crazy clever and cute, like the goofy excitement that Georg and Amalia have about the letters that they're getting from their like supposed lovers. I feel like it's a it's very relevant now because it's just people are just texting constantly on these like social um what would you call it? like dating sites essentially it's tinder you right. really don't yeah you don't know these people at all but people just the uh, they, they act as if they're really like dating already and it's like you're really just texting someone you've never met yeah back then you had to work up before you sent them the new pics <laughs> yeah you could kind of open with those now <laughs> first thing you send it's your judging <laughs> just right away <laughs> And it sets up the fact that Amalia and Georg, despite hating each other, are actually in love through letters. Yeah, it's basically the reveal of the entire premise. So, yeah, I thought there was going to be like a liar revealed kind of plot with it, because like uh, Georg mentions later that he's sort of uh, made up some stuff, but they never really go anywhere with that. Yeah, that is like in Tonight at Eight, he does admit that he like kind of fudged some facts (laughs) Yeah, it never really comes up, though. Like, she never is like, oh, well, you said you did this and it's it's really you. So that's definitely not true. Um, so they never really go anywhere with that at all. Despite of all I've written, she may not be very smitten. And my hopes perhaps may all collapse. Kaput tonight at eight. I wish I knew exactly how I'll act and what will happen when we dine tonight at eight. I know I'll drop the silverware, but will I spill the water or the wine? How did we all like Tonight at Eight? I think that's a good, like... It's a great patter yeah. song, and I love watching, you know, Zachary Levi basically flipping out. <laughs> he brings out his best, like, um... What's that guy? Um, from the Frank Capra films. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Jimmy yes, Stewart? he brings out his best Jimmy Stewart for that song. The guy that plays Georg in the uh, live stream. What is that actor's name? Zachary Levi. Is he any any movies or anything? He's about to be in Shazam. Oh, right. Yeah. I felt like I've seen him somewhere the whole time. 
<laughs> he's relatively famous. You think he's going to sing in Shazam? I somehow doubt it. Um, but all these songs are good is the sad part. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know which ones I skip because I don't want to skip. I don't know his name because it's a really cute moment between Amalia and Alona. It is. And Alona has this great line like, um, tell me all about this guy in your life. I live to suffer. <laughs> which feels like so modern, despite it being written in the mid 20th century. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me live vicariously off of your much better life. <laughs> That's a cute song. Is she singing about like her love life behind it or? Yes. I, I couldn't really make out exactly what she what she was saying that entire time. So uh, songs. Uh, I don't know his name. It's basically she's saying that she doesn't really know who this man is that she's been writing to. But because she's been reading, uh, you know, reading all his letters, she feels like she knows him already. Uh, yeah, but the other girl is also singing behind it. And I think she's singing about her own love life or something like that. Or questioning why she's not, like, worried about this. Uh, ah, yeah. Okay. okay. Then, then Gayer gets fired. Because <laughs> apparently I think, he just didn't, like, appreciate Mr. Marichek enough. It kind of... Something like that. <laughs> it comes out of nowhere, but it obviously is explained later as to why. When I first watched it, though, I was, I was kind of... Uh, I was a little confused. I'm like, what? All of a sudden, uh, Marichek is just a, a villain for no reason. He was so nice in the first scenes, and then he just <laughs> turns out of nowhere. Yeah, he's such a nice guy early on, and then he's just like, suddenly, he's upset that, uh, you know, he, the tubes of uh, paste are coming out the wrong end, which I don't even know <laughs> how he did Amalia's that. That's all Amalia's fault. Is she really that bad at putting in the paste, or do you think Marichek set her up? I mean, she's new at the job, so it's probably but on she her. did the job How earlier you? at the other perfumery that she had a How letter do you get it to come out the other end. Like, how do you even pull that off? Um, I think, you know, you like have to seal it properly and sh and it didn't get sealed. So it's like all spilling out, <laughs> um, you know, the little thin end of the tube. Oh, so the, the back part is open and you pour the you put the paste in. Or whatever, cream, right. the cream, and then you seal it up. That makes right. a lot of sense, actually. I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, for some reason, I thought they were putting it in the front. <laughs> Which actually doesn't make any sense at all. A lot more time consuming. You need the little funnel. <laughs> they all come here just for the mood. And if you don't believe me, try tasting off. Food. That's why we have got to preserve our romantic atmosphere. Romantic atmosphere. Can we just jump to that? What, what do you think of this song? I want to hear what you what you think, honestly, before I go off. Oh, geez, this is one that I don't remember too much of. I seem to recall that there was like some wordplay going on. Um, but there's something they, the the all the waiters are like dancing or the yeah it doesn't really make much sense and it's kind of out of nowhere with characters we don't even know and i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well that's to be expected with musicals i mean you have this uh big group number for no particular reason i suppose but uh, they have that with the other numbers sometimes and it doesn't seem like it's as uh, nonsensical as this particular one? I don't know. It might just be there to, like, cover costume change or something. Although they don't really... I don't think they change costumes. It's the same... He's wearing the same costume as he wore at work earlier. Yeah, but originally, you know, sometimes they would just throw in, like, this, you know, random number, um, like, uh, you know, brush up your Shakespeare and kiss me, Kate. I mean, it's a great song, but it basically exists so that these two guys can be in front of the curtain and sing while they're doing a scene change behind it. So, Jess, what do you think of this uh, romantic atmosphere? It needs to be cut down by, like, a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it could work as like a full like comedy number, but it feels like it goes on way too long. I think if it was funnier, it would work, but it just it wasn't really that funny. 
and it just it's just weird dancing with uh, I think that a, a has to do with the performance by it by the gentleman that plays the waiter I feel like he plays it up too much and while every other actor is very charismatic and big with their actions aren't quite as extravagant and flamboyant as that specific actor it feels you get right. the whiplash from that live performance I think that sums it up pretty well I think Jess nails it and this is why they pay me the big bucks <laughs> Jess, they don't pay you anything, Jess. All right. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Nowak, Novak comes in and he's like, oh, no, my girl is like Amalia and I hate her. I'm going to go and ruin her whole night because, you know, my date didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. He just kind of sits at her table, drinks all of her wine and makes like snide remarks at her the entire night. Yeah. And thankfully, the live stream like removes the song tango tragic and turns into dialogue because that song is just kind of morbid and mean yeah does he like tells her this story about a girl who you know goes on a blind date and ends up dead in a ditch and that works as dialogue but it's a song it just feels way too mean oh geez that's a so that's a song in other performances yes yes oh i didn't even know that and this is basically where, um, you know, you're either going to, you know, either, you know, kind of see where Georg is at or, you know, you're just going to be like, Christ, what an asshole. And I think removing the song makes him less of an asshole. Even with just the dialogue, though, it's still kind of just a really mean thing to say. And this is where he's kind of like, it's it's almost too far. It's almost too far. But then she gets even by saying, like, you are going to spend your rest of your life selling the shit and being a useless human being. (laughs) You know, and she's she's probably right, because he does get ownership of the shop, so I can't imagine him leaving. Yeah, but he gets to be owner of the shop so he can, you know, like nag other people to sell the stuff. (laughs) Is is he the owner or is he the manager? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't let it end,
you know, the act one closer, Amalia has this fantastic solo dear friend where she she thinks she's been stood up by her um, pen pal and she's just, you know, really heartbroken about it. And I think that's part of the reason why Georg can come off like, you know, such a dick in this scene, because she has this beautiful song about how sad she feels. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, she's a uh, she's pretty upset about it, but she waits there for so long. Like she doesn't give she up. Does, she basically waits until the um, restaurant closes. Like, I know she has a line that like she can sit for her, uh, her whole life for it. So it's two more hours. But at the same time, I think right. most people would be <laughs> upset probably about an hour in. <laughs> but she doesn't get angry. She doesn't get angry at her dear friend. She just gets angry at Mr. Novak. <laughs> Well, that is her dear friend. She probably, yeah, she probably thought he thought he uh, scared him off or something. <laughs> then we enter Act Two, and we start with Arpad trying to convince Mister Barajak, who isn't dead, just shot himself in the arm somehow. Okay, so yeah, how does that work? I so what I was thinking is he was gonna shoot himself in the head, and Arpad somehow like startled him, so he moved the gun or something like that. They both reach for the I, gun. I, <laughs> Something like that. Or maybe he really was just cleaning his gun. You know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Between this and um, uh, Frederick in A Little Night Music, me- characters in musicals are really bad at shooting themselves in the head. In real life, there's a very high <laughs> success rate for that. <laughs> uh, in, in Somehow in fiction, though, it never works. <laughs> Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so Arpad tries to convince him to Mr. Maritrek to give him a promotion. And by the end of it, he gets his promotion. He makes up with Mr. Novak and it all goes well. Good. Good job, Georg. He did it. He did it. Yeah, it works. He go. He goes and knocks on uh, Amelia's door and opens up to her bedroom and gives her ice cream. And she gets angry, thinking, like, you're just here to make sure I'm really sick. And then she starts demanding where her shoe is. And probably my favorite patter song in the entire show. It's really funny because, you know, she's obviously not feeling well and she's trying to show him up, you know, even though she's feverish and, you know, should really be, you know, lying down. I just think it's so weird that he's in her bedroom <laughs> after all that happened. <laughs> and I'm That's only- not usually. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it is usually not something that um, somebody, a uh, man in that era would be doing. The, not only are they not romantic partners yet, they don't even like each other. And she's in her pajamas sick. And he's just in her bedroom. Just, he knocks on her bedroom door and she's not expecting like, how did this happen? I like how she just slams the door as soon as she hears that it's him. <laughs> but it's she's he's in your house. Shouldn't you escort him out? Like... I don't know. I, can't, How did he I get remember to bedroom door? a throwaway line about her mom letting him in. I don't remember that. I, I, maybe I didn't catch it. That would make sense. At the same time, though, whose mother? Although her mom's now her mom's letting um, a strange man into her daughter's bedroom, which is just weird. Well, Amalia is the kind of person that meets per- people on Tumblr and calls him her boyfriend. So <laughs> true. <laughs> I brought your daughter some ice cream. Can I just go up to her bedroom? I know she's sick and in her pajamas. Oh, why like, sure, yeah, young sure. man? <laughs> <laughs> we need mom. We need mom yelling down, yelling um, up the stairs like the mom in It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Amalia, Sam Wainwright's on the phone. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then he gives her the vanilla ice cream from the shop that her mom owns that she can have any other time. But because he gave it to her, it's an important <laughs> thing. There's also a line where she says that the mother might have served him, which means that the mother wouldn't be home. Right. Unless he bought this ice hmm. cream a different time. 
It's just a joke about how she looks old compared to her mother. <laughs> That's sure, <all>. sure. <laughs> but at the you know, he's in her house, in her bedroom. The mother's not there potentially. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Did you That's notice all. that on the wallpaper there is ice cream as her wallpaper? I did not notice that. Is that actually true? <laughs> yes. And that bothers me, but also I'm like, oh, well, you put effort into it. Well, that's why she sings a song about it. It's not just any old ice cream. She fucking loves ice cream. Even when it spills on her shirt and she has to pick it up and put it back into her mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lara Bonanti is my hero. She's fantastic. Um, and she's doing My Fair Lady right now on Broadway, which is just brilliant casting. So. Dear, sweet, clearly respectable, thickly bespectacled man who stood by my side and quietly said to me, ma'am, don't mean to intrude, but I was just wondering, are you in need of some help? I said no. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> All right, let's talk about a trip to the library. But she also finds joy in the fact that this person wants something out of her that isn't sex. He just wants to read her. <laughs> yeah. Well, she has this moment where he, you know, asks her about the way of all flesh and she didn't know it was a book title. So she smacks him. I mean, that is a weird thing to ask someone. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of on this optometrist Paul that he didn't like use his brain there. Was it more common for for people to be illiterate in this time? Like, because she says she's actually illiterate, right? Or am I wrong? I believe so. Yes. Like that's like not even knowing how to read is pretty. Uh, I don't know. Pretty it's, major. Which is kind of which is kind of odd because you'd think she'd have to have um, you know at least some basic knowledge in order to be working at the shop because she's got to ring stuff up and be able to like read the labels and everything. Well, I imagine it's different than maths than like actual literature. I figure she knows like basic words, but probably doesn't know like how to fit through a sentence. Yeah, like when you're illiterate, is there's probably different levels of illiteracy, right? Like being able to read yeah, basic words fair. and then being able to read novels is probably two different levels, right? I mean, I've never yeah. been illiterate in my life, but I imagine it's like that. Yes, you have, Jess. Well, I'm sure you were, like, when you were, like, three. Everyone's been illiterate. <laughs> come on, Jess. You can't just come out here with that I was born born with a book in my hand kind of thing. <laughs> All I'm saying is that A Trip to the Library is one of the best story songs ever written in Broadway history. Like, it's right. I will, I will second that, yeah. Jess coming out here with a really high praise. I mean, you got two thirds okay. vote against you, so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything negative. It's been grand, let me say, and let me say au revoir, not goodbye. For it's grand knowing you'll all be working for your friend. Koda. How will we go down to Kadai's final song, Grand Knowing You? Oh, uh, yeah, Grand Knowing You. I like this song. <laughs> I like it, too, but it's almost kind of anticlimactic because, you know, after all he did to Alona and Georg and Marichek, you almost kind of want him to see some comeuppance. And then he gets the song and he's like, well, screw you, losers. You're all going to work for me one day. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to bang all of your wives. <laughs> he's like, I'll be seeing your wife and kids real soon. I don't know. It's it's kind of funny. <laughs> he doesn't get any comeuppance at all. He just kind of he gets fired. Yeah. And he's like, I'm out of here. Not even a second I, like of like remorse is like, ah, it's good. Knowing no, you. I'm on. <laughs> he's got that nice mustache, though. You can't feel you can't really feel that angry about it. Yeah, he's got a mustache. He's got a cane or he had a cane. He threw it to the other guy. Yeah. And we got to say, because we've been giving so much praise to uh, Laura Benanti and Zachary Levi, but Gavin Creel as Kodai and Jane Krakowski as Alona are absolutely fantastic in this as well. Agreed. Like when you have a musical, the second couple often feels like the second thought. But in this, like they bring it up like really high, like they're at equals with the leads and they kill it. <laughs> Kodai doesn't really get very much presence, though. I wish he had Just more. Like two songs. 
Yeah, he's got, well, they're fantastic songs. There's this one, and then there's Alona, which is his big seduction song, you know, when they're, um, when Alona's trying to, you know, push him away, but he succeeds in, you know, winning her back again. And again, they do this fantastic song and dance, and it ends with uh, Jane Krakowski in splits, and Gavin Creel's just dragging her across the floor, and it's it's wonderful. <laughs> Twelve Let's get to the Christmas song. Yeah, why are we doing this now? <laughs> Let's talk about Ho, 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 that. fellas. <laughs> the most Christmassy Christmas song ever because it is about capitalism. <laughs> and waiting until the last minute to do your shopping and absolutely resenting the people who actually get it done on time. A hundred percent. But it's a fantastic song. And um, there's also, you know, a lot of good plot development going on in between as um, Georg and Amalia are actually working together and kind of actually starting to relate to each other in person instead of through their um, mail correspondence. It makes me feel happy to watch them like get along in person. Like, I know this is what we're all building up to, but like seeing it makes me so happy inside. I think that's important because you actually need to see them, you know, liking each other for themselves before that big finale, because otherwise you're like, wait, what? Where did that come from? I also like the uh, the fact that it is just shopping. It's not it's not really overtly Christmas other than the <laughs> fact that the store is busy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very relatable as someone who anyone who's worked retail. <laughs> yes, and it gets increasingly frantic the closer it gets to Christmas, which is also very relatable. Again, Jane Krakowski has this bit, you know, each time they go through the verse, she has this bit where she kind of does this little leap um, across center stage. And then through each verse, as it gets more hectic and more frantic, she's just basically kind of flopping her way through the um, through it. <laughs> yeah, which was great. Uh, overall, just really good. Really, really good. And I say that a lot, so. Not very high praise, but it's still praise. <laughs> I am so sorry about last night. It was a nightmare in every way. But together, you and I will laugh at last night. Someday. Dear friend, it's really true then. It's what I'd hoped for, that it was you. Dear friend, I had to tell you. I couldn't stand it until you knew. <laughs> All right, are we willing to talk about the finale where Georg and Amalia finally, like, this has been built up so much and you're just, like, wanting it, begging for it to happen. They need to get together, please. It, it would yeah. have been funny if they just ended it and they didn't get together. <laughs> All the buildup and then he's like, I'm actually your pen pal. She's like, oh, that's a little creepy. <laughs> Fair. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> okay, see you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that would have been such a bad ending. <laughs> no, she would end up with like iPad or something. <laughs> iPad. Who's iPad? Our pad. Our pad. Our pad. He doesn't get a girl. That's so sad. He doesn't even get his motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, but he gets his he gets his dream job, so that's cool. But is it no. worth it if you don't have a motorcycle? Who are they going to hire for the new delivery boy? He'll do both. What are you talking about? He said he'd do both. You can't do both. You can't be in the store and delivering stuff at the same time. It's nonsense. No, but they finally get together and it's like, thank God. And it's beautiful and they embrace and like snow is falling and it's perfect. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. And it's so good. The reinterpretation of the music, like he starts with the I'm so sorry about last night. It's a nightmare in every way. And you expect it to go into like the ice cream melody. And it does. But she sings the dear friend like lyrics to the ice cream melody. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Jess is 
Mind blown. Fucking like reinterpretation out the wazoo. What? You can do this? <laughs> well, it makes well, it makes sense because, you know, she's like, you know, so finally associating, you know, her dear friend with Georg, who was, you know, who she was singing about in vanilla ice cream. So it's putting those two together. It's brilliant. It's like it just, really well constructed songwriting. <laughs> they go they go home and, and he gets his present, which is one of those music box candy things. <laughs> <laughs> and probably to meet her mother like, like dear friend was supposed to he's already met her mother never she let him in the house you're right let us... or gave him ice cream or possibly both she, possibly either both. way he's met her she's definitely met her at least one time she's probably instigated the breakup but to be honest like you lied to her for so long <laughs> what the fuck oh no 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 All no right, do we want to talk about why this live stream with Lara Benanti, Jane Krakowski and Zachary Levi is historic it's historic? it is how so? Diva explain it's basically um, the first major um, Broadway production to live stream on the Internet. Um, I think there might technically be one before it, but this was the one that got all the publicity and everyone was paying attention to. And it was definitely worth it because this is a top notch cast of a classic musical. And this is definitely something I think that we're going to see more of if we're lucky in the future, because um, obviously, uh, with travel expenses and ticket expenses, you know, music theater is not always accessible to everybody. And this is a great way to make it um, available to a wider audience. So when they streamed it, did they charge for the stream? Is it all ad revenue they're going off of? Like, how did that work? It was on Broadway HD, which is a subscription service, you know, kind of similar to Netflix, only it's like taped productions of uh, plays and musicals. It frustrates me because they haven't done anything sis, since that. Like, that was, like, their big experiment, and I worry that it failed for them, and they haven't tried anything. Like, I would love if they did, like, My Fair Lady. Absolutely. But they never even tried. It definitely would be a good way to get more people into musicals without requiring a huge investment from them. But we know why they, they don't do that for Broadway and they often do it for London. Like there's a reason why we don't have Patti LuPone as uh, Mama Rose yet. We have Imelda Staunton. It's because the unions and the stage union and the screen actors union are very different things. And you can't have one without the other. And you f it's stupid. It's fucking moronic. Yeah. You hear that, Trump? You got to break up these unions. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, make, I'm making a joke, big joke. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't give him any ideas. I'm just saying that we need to, like, figure out a way that we can be able to record Broadway shows without f breaking anyone else's contracts and being able to f work with the Screen Actors Guild as well as this un stage union. Yeah. How does the how do the whole Fathom events, Fathom events things fit in? Because they do some of those as well. They do that. But usually it's like for bigger stage things where like everyone's already in the saga already. Which is why I think She Loves Me works so well is because everyone on there was already like TV actors usually. Right. It. I don't know 100 percent, but I know that's mainly the reason why. Um, it's not a big thing. Like if you have a giant ensemble, it's really hard for you to get the, like them on screen. And which is why like right. Wicked, it would be impossible to do as like a Broadway HD event. Unions, they work really well when they want to, but they also mess up a lot of other things. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated. I was so nasty. Well, he deserved it. But even so. All right, so 
what is our overall opinions on She Loves Me? Diva, you go first. Um, again, I think this is something it really depends on the cast that you see. But since we've been talking so much about the 2016 uh, live cast, it's really a fantastic version of the story. And I would definitely recommend that you see it like this because it's about as good as the musical gets. Diva, I know you, I'm not sure if you've listened to our show, but what is your cheese rating? OK, so um, what are we doing? One to ten here? Um, if you want, we no, no. <laughs> so you basically just pick a type of cheese that you would give it. And that's about it. <laughs> OK, um, I would give it. Um, I think it would be like a nice, mellow smoked Gouda. It's cheesy, but it's a very good, rich kind of cheesy and it's great comfort food. That's I, I would have to agree with that. That's a good cheese rating right there. <laughs> Like, that's perfect. Like, that is 100 percent the description of it. I would say it would be like like the cheese that kind of tastes like chocolate. <laughs> what? <are> you, what? <laughs> what? Exactly. Cheese that tastes che- like chocolate. Have you guys ever been are to you, like Frank? Are you eating fondue? Are you eating fondue without like cleaning out the pot first? <laughs> <laughs> no. In Frankenmuth, Michigan, there is a specific cheese that is chocolate. <laughs> Like they take like all like I don't, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a big thumbs down for right now though. <laughs> I will take you to Frankie Muth whenever you come to Michigan and you will taste that. Okay, well over here in New York we don't have that uh, chocolate cheese. Not that I know of, anyways. I, I already I'm gonna agree with the cheese rating that uh, was already given to it. Uh, and I'm gonna just elaborate that uh, I also really liked this and I thought it was fun. Uh, uh, what was my catchphrase again? It was uh, I liked I, I, I really liked it the whole the whole thing or so. I can't remember what I said that one time, but that <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it was great. <laughs> Andrew's review of everything I can't forever. What I said. What did you think, Jess? I really think this show is fun. Like, there is not a moment of it where I feel like I'm bored and every character, even like little people like Lazloff, like he's fun. Like, I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, even I mean, the waiter even it goes on way just, too long. A... This show is just like eating a caramel and watching it slowly melt and you feel good inside. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're all in pretty much agreement. It's a good show. It was good. Please, yeah, definitely. Please download Broadway HD or at least get it on Amazon Prime and give the show a watch. Like, it's great. Andrew, do you right, want to do uh, our closing? ending bullshit? <sighs> I hate it when you have me do it, Jess. <laughs> but you're, I know you're too drunk, so I have to. Okay. Uh... Okay. Well, thanks everyone for uh, listening to our show. Uh, make sure you check us out on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher at Musicals with Cheese, uh, Twitter at Cheesy Musicals, and Instagram at Musical Theater Lives. Uh, if you'd like, you can hit us up with an email, musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. Uh, and just why don't you do our title card thing? Our title card was created by Jolene Casco. Her Instagram is Jolene Casco, and she's amazing. She does such great work, and she does it so fast. And she's really just a nice human being. So please give her some some attention. Now, Christy, I know you have a thousand things you want to promote that are much more interesting <laughs> than this. So please promote them. Okay, uh, you can find uh, my videos on YouTube under Musical Hell or on MusicalHell.com. I am on Twitter under uh, Musical Hell and uh, Divas Musical Hell is a Facebook and um, pretty much there. I'm on Tumblr as well. So uh, come find me. Come watch my stuff and, you know, subscribe, like, share and all that other fun stuff you're supposed to do i mean if any of us are on twitter or tumblr after the porn is removed yes Oops. exactly <laughs> i will still be there after the porn purge theoretically so i'll be on there for like a week Just... and then wonder why i'm still there yeah it depends on how active everybody is after that 
Why did they do that? I don't even understand. Because they got kicked off the app store because there was too much like pornography and child porn and all that horrible bullshit. It makes sense. And just getting rid of all of it was easier than actually trying to, you know, deal with the problem. And it hurts like sex yeah. workers and people that like sell things that are of like it's a complicated situation, but I don't think it's the right call. <laughs> Tumblr was literally the dark web. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Jess. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Diva. <laughs> and thank you for listening to Musicals with Cheese. We'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.